Turning your scriptures to that fifth commandment, it's found in Exodus chapter 20. We will read all ten commandments today, but we will focus on the fifth. We are in the transition point where many scholars see us transitioning from four commandments that tell us to love God or tell us how to love God to the final six commandments that show us how to love neighbor. And I hope we'll see today that this fifth commandment could fit really in either position, teaching us how to love God or how to love neighbor. So let us read, beginning in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Holy Father, we love your law. We love that you have revealed it to us. We love that we can know how to live because you have shown us how to live in your law. Lord, turn our hearts toward you. Turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and help us to learn to know what it is to honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Annie Leibovitz was one of the vocal uh, people to come out of the, the sexual revolution of the 60s and early 70s. And when she was asked about the impact of that revolution upon life and upon culture, she, she expressed that she was disappointed. She said, we did not dismantle all the authority structures that we set out to dismantle. But we started the work and we laid the foundation of the dismantling of things of the establishment because we have destroyed the family. 
We live in a world now that oftentimes gives the authority to the children and takes this particular commandment and says, parents, honor your children in the Lord. But that's not the way that God set things up. So today, as we consider this fifth commandment, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I want us to look at three parts of this. I want us to see what it is to honor. I want us to talk about who our parents are. It's not necessarily as, as cut and dry as you may think. And what is it that is the abundant life? So the first thing that I want us to look at is the word for honor. The Hebrew word that is translated here, honor, as the scripture says, honor your father and your mother, is a word that at its root has to do with weight or heaviness. The commandment here is basically saying, treat your parents as heavy. Now, you know, we're not, not called here to fatten up our parents as we go along, make sure we fix them a bunch of of really good meals and to make sure that they have plenty to eat. This idea of heavy or weightiness is applied to God throughout the scriptures when it says that God has glory. This word here for honor is the same word that when applied to God within the scriptures talks about the glory of God. Now, what is the glory of God? Well, well, in essence, the glory of God is his weightiness. Now, what does it mean for God to be heavy? God is a spirit. He doesn't have weight as we think of weight. So he doesn't have weight as we think of that number that the doctor gets onto us every time we go for a checkup. What does it mean that God has weight? Well, it means that he has esteem. It means that he is lifted up above other things. It means that he has dignity and we are to treat him with dignity. It means that he is a respectable God that we should treat with respect. It means that he is a God who is loving to us and then therefore deserves our love. And it means that he is a God who has set forth laws in this world to live by and we must obey them. Everything that God is, He is in a way that is full of glory. We are created in the image of God, and therefore we reflect God's glory in a way. But everything that we are that is God's image, He is so much more. God is love, therefore we are called to love. God writes laws, therefore we are called to obey those laws. God is worthy of our respect, worthy of our honor, worthy of our worship. And therefore, we as human beings are called to treat him with respect, with honor and with worship. Children are called to treat their parents in that way. We are called to treat our parents with honor. When our words to our parents are less than honorable, when they are disrespectful, we have failed to honor our parents. When our words to our friends, when our parents are not around, are disrespectful and hurtful to our parents. We have failed to honor our parents. When our attitudes with parents, especially as they get older and we get older, if our attitudes towards our parents are attitudes of frustration, sometimes 
Well, when they are attitudes of frustration, we have failed to honor our parents. And yes, when we are children and our parents tell us to do something that does not violate the law of God or does not tell us to stop doing something that God commands us to do, when we fail to obey the just requirements that our parents give to us, we have failed to honor our parents. God set up this relationship at creation. We oftentimes think of the family as being the husband and wife that God set up in creation. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and they shall be one flesh. And we stop there and don't consider the effect that that has on children. But why did God institute marriage in the garden? It's because man had been called to fill the earth. And he found out he couldn't do it alone. He needed a helpmate. He needed a, an ally, a necessary ally. And so God put all of this together, the family, to mirror the relationship between humanity and God. Our children learn to honor God by learning to honor their parents. Our children learn to obey God by learning to obey their parents. And as society grew, this is the second point here, that's what it means to honor. It means to treat with esteem, it means to treat with dignity, it means to treat with respect and love and obedience. As our society grew, the idea of parents and the authority structure of parents and children taught us how to relate together as a society. Pull out your catechism question there. What is required in the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment requires the preserving the honor and performing the duties belonging to who? Mom and dad? No, to everyone in their different or several or various places and relations, whether they are superiors inferiors or equals in a broadest sense we are to honor everybody the fifth commandment is a command to honor everybody but it's also a little bit narrower a command to honor anybody in authority over us father is a term that's used throughout the old testament not merely to talk about a biological relationship between a male parent and his children. The kings oftentimes were called fathers of the nation of Israel. Prophets at times were called fathers of the nation of Israel. And there's a little bit of hint that even priests might have been considered in some way, shape, or form fathers over the nation of Israel. See, the, the family is a foundational relationship throughout all of humanity, throughout all of culture. We learn how to exist in a culture as we learn how to exist in a family. Any culture you enter into, whether it's a democracy like ours or a representative republic like ours, whether it's the most totalitarian of tyrannical regimes, there are authority structures within all cultures. Even the anarchists, the anarchists who say we should abolish all government and everybody should live as they want to live. 
usually has somebody who calls the shots. Usually has somebody who says, hey, we're going to we're going to meet and and protest in this area and people follow. We as humans always organize ourselves into authority structures. Why? Because we were created to be brought up and raised in an organization that had an authority structure and it's called the family. Children, honor your parents. Well, as we grow up, that relationship changes, does it not? But in a sense, it doesn't either because we are still in a larger culture of authority structures. We are in a country that has rules and that has laws. Turn to Romans chapter 13 with me. Just briefly, Paul has laid out his his doctrine of justification for the church and how Christ has saved all of the people of God, whether the Old Testament people of God who live, who believe in Jesus or the New Testament people of God who believe in Jesus. And in his application section, after talking about love, he says this, he says, Romans 13, verse one, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant and agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. How do we do sometimes with our government and our government officials? I know I'm guilty oftentimes of not honoring people in government who disagree with me. Why? Because I forget that they are in an authority structure over me, an authority structure that God has ordained. And as long as they don't command me to do something that God forbids, or they don't forbid me from doing something that God commands, I am to treat them with honor and respect. The same honor and respect that hopefully I learned within my family by treating my mother and father with honor and respect. There's going to be a lot of political blowback in the next several weeks over this horrific event that happened in South Florida. How do we engage in that process? Do we engage in it honorably? Or do we call people names because they they don't agree with us? Do we treat them with honor and respect by calling them or emailing them and saying, I think X about this situation. And I think you should do Y about this situation. Or do we... Passive aggressively put stuff on Facebook that demeans and dishonors those whom God has put into authority over us. 
But let's hit this a little bit closer to home in a day-to-day -day relationship. How many of you ever have had a job? Have ever, will have a job? Have a job now? Or are an employer? We are to treat our employers with the same respect and honor. This applies in any authority structure. How many times has your boss asked you to do something that's either outside of your job description or maybe just something you really don't want to do because, you know, I, I fell and bumped my head last night and I'm tired this morning and I don't feel like doing it. How do you respond to your employer? I know one time I worked for a, a grocery store as I was going through college and Saturdays were stressful because Saturdays were the busiest day of the week. And usually on Saturdays, I had the privilege of covering milk, bread, and eggs. So it was my job every Saturday to make sure when the store opened, all the milk was stocked, all the bread was stocked, and all the eggs were stocked. And to keep that up throughout the day, for I got there at 3 o'clock to start my job, 3 o'clock in the morning, I was, I, was let go, let, I was allowed to go home around 1 or 2 in the afternoon. So from the time the doors opened at 8 o'clock in the morning, the milk had to be full, the eggs had to be full, and the bread had to be full. You know what the problem with that in a 100,000 square foot grocery store is? They're on opposite ends of the store. And so you would get the eggs and the milk full. You'd walk down to the bread. It would be about empty, so you'd get it full. You'd walk back to the other end of the store, and the, the milk and the eggs were empty. So you'd get it full. You'd walk back to the other end of the store. You'd take a half-hour lunch, and you'd come back, and everything would just be shot. In the middle of all this, the store manager says, Ike, come to the front and help bag groceries. So I'd go do it. About the fourth time that Saturday, I was extremely tired. About the fourth time he called me up, I was in the back room. Nobody could hear me, I thought. I yelled at him and said, forget it. I'm not coming. And walked around the corner into face-to-face, -face, almost running into my assistant manager. He said, Ike, you're done for the day. Go up front and bag groceries the rest of the day. I'll take care of it. Why? Because I had dishonored the manager, even though he didn't know it. Even though he didn't hear it, I had dishonored him. And I deserve to be punished for that. Any authority structure in which we find ourselves, whether it's a family, whether it's a job, whether it's a civic club where everybody volunteers, but somebody is president or chairman of that club, even if it's just living life in a government, we are called to treat those in authority over us with honor with respect and with dignity because God has put them there. God has ordained that they be there. Now, what about the dishonorable authority figure? We're still called to treat them with honor and respect, but it may look different. If we have to say no to a dishonorable authority figure that tells us to do something that violates God's law, we do that with honor and respect as well. We may need to explain ourselves. Ike, I need you to go do such and such and so and so. Well, sir, I appreciate your position. I appreciate that you're my manager, but, but God says I can't do that. And so I respectfully have to decline understanding that it's going to cause problems for me and for you. I don't just yell and scream at him and turn around and walk away and call him, you know, you pagan. And turn around and walk away. Even my, even my response to him in negative needs to be done with dignity and with respect. 
What about the dishonorable parent? What about the abuser or the alcoholic? Well, honoring them may mean leaving. Honoring them may be explaining to them, look, I love you and you're my parent, but it's not safe around you and I have to leave. Sometimes for the abusive parent, honoring them means picking up the phone, dialing 911 and saying, we need help. They need help. Honoring looks different for those who are dishonorable. We are still called in some way, shape or form to honor them. And finally, abundant life. What does it mean here that he says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you? Alistair Begg in his book, Pathway to Freedom, told the story of his children meeting a lady at her 100th birthday. And so they fellowshiped with this lady at her 100th birthday. And as they were getting in the car to go home, uh, one of his children uh, said from the back seat, Dad, she must have really honored her parents because she lived to be 100. Now that, that may be the case. She may have honored her parents, but we all know people as well who have honored their parents that lived a short life, who do not have long years on this earth. So what does it mean that long life belongs to those who honor their parents? Well, in my studies, uh, it applies, John 10, 10, is the verse that helps us understand this here a little bit. What does Jesus say in John 10.10? I have come so that they might have life and have it more abundantly, or so that they might have a full life. Those who honor their parents, God promises here that their years will be abundant. Their years will be full. You know what? Your life as a child, my life as a child would have been far more easier, far easier had I done a better job at honoring my parents. There have been far fewer paddlings, there have been far fewer groundings, there have been far fewer discipline moments had I done a better job at honoring my parents. But God gives us fullness in our life when we follow His law. Tim Keller calls it flourishing. How do we flourish the most as humans? We live within God's boundaries. You want a good relationship with your parents? Honor them. You want a good relationship in your society, in your culture, at your job? Honor those who are in authority. The the confession even goes further to say, honor those whom you are in authority over and honor those with whom you are equal. When we treat human beings as human beings, what does Genesis 1 say? In the image of God created He them. We are not accidents of nature. We are the image of God and we are called to treat everybody like that. We're called to honor them. We're called to treat them with dignity and respect and just in a relational, in a relational area of our lives, The more you treat other people with respect, the more those relationships flourish. Now, I say that in the reality that we live in a broken world and it doesn't always work that way. We live in a world of sin. We live in a world of danger. We live in a world where people are broken just as much as we are. 
And we don't always honor people and they don't always honor us. And when we do, it still doesn't always work out well. But what's the abundant life that we have? Going back to the Gospel of John, eternal life is ours now for those who believe. Eternal life belongs to those who call upon the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as their Savior. Eternal, abundant life belongs to us right now. Doesn't feel like it, does it, sometimes? But eternal, abundant life is ours. Because one man in this world honored his earthly parents and his heavenly father to perfection. And he died on the cross so that honoring of his earthly parents and his heavenly father can be ours. So that we are covered with his righteousness, so that we are covered with his keeping the commandment, even though we fail. When we dishonor earthly authority, we dishonor God. And yet for those who call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, we are covered with his obedience. We are covered with his honoring. So honor means to treat all authority with esteem, with dignity and respect. Our parents are not only our parents, but any person in authority to us, any person in uh, inferiority to us in life, and any person who is equal to us. That means we're to honor everybody. And abundant life is given to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the realm of parents and children, what does it mean to honor our parents as we grow older? Well, in childhood, that's kind of easy. I think the key word for honoring your parents as children is a willing obedience. Mom and dad tell you not to lie, don't lie. Mom and dad tell you not to grab the cookie off the counter, don't grab the cookie off the counter. But children don't stay children forever. They grow up, as hard as that is for parents to accept sometimes. And so there's that transition period somewhere from their teenagers to the mid to late 20s where our children begin to progress from dependence to independence. The key quality there that should mark that transition period is the quality of respect. Now, I failed at this several times, but as I hit about 20 years old, somewhere between 20 and graduating from college, my father pulled me aside and he said, you know, I'm your father. I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a given. He said, and um, the fifth commandment is still, he didn't say it exactly this way, it was what he meant. He said, the fifth commandment is still in effect for us. He said, you're an adult now, and I've done the best I can to teach you how to be an adult that loves God, that loves his family, that loves the people around him, and that, that can make good decisions. And dad said, I'm going to see you in places in your life where you need to make a decision, and I'm going to give you advice because that's what I do as a dad. He said, you don't have to keep it. He said, you're an adult now. I've taught you how to make decisions. You don't have to follow my advice. You don't have to, you don't have to um, do exactly what I tell you to do. But I do ask you this. I ask you to listen to me. I ask you to hear me because I've been where you are. And, and I've got some wisdom. You know, what would Mark Twain say? You know, when we're teenagers, our parents are the, are the dumbest people we know. But it's amazing when we hit the age of 30 how much our parents matured over those 15 to 20 years. 
He said, I expect you to at least hear me out and consider what I have to say. As we're in that transitional period, that's how we are to treat our parents with respect. And then finally, there comes maturity. That's maturity for the child, and sometimes that means maturity for the parent as well. Not in the way that, that, that Mark Twain said in that tongue-in-cheek matter, but the fact that our parents get older. And the key quality there is care. Do you care about your parents? Do you care for your parents? That's going to look different in every situation. Sometimes caring for parents means that they move in with you. Sometimes caring for parents means admitting that their problems, their medical issues are beyond your ability to keep them safe. And you have to find a place where they can live, where they can be safe. And you can still care for them, even though you can't provide daily care for them. And sometimes it means that you care for them enough to correct them when they're wrong. And, and show them that you love them. Sometimes care just means calling them once a week and saying, hey, how you doing? I miss you. And I love you. We are called to honor our parents. And in honoring our parents, we learn to honor God. God's never going to get old. We're never going to have to put God in a nursing home. We don't have to worry about those things. But we're called to do those three things with God. We're called to give Him willing obedience. We're called to respect Him. And we're called to care for God as well. We're called to love Him. We're called to talk to Him more than once a week also. As we pray to Him on a daily basis. Jesus has honored and obeyed on our behalf. And we embrace that belief. And we know that even when we fail to honor whatever authority it is out there, that we are covered by His love, we are covered by His grace. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank You for parents. We thank You that they are examples to us of how we are to interact with You. Sometimes they're positive examples. We thank You for that. Sometimes they're negative examples, and we thank You for that as well. Sometimes they teach us how not to treat you because they treat us poorly. Lord, help us to honor our parents. Help us to honor the authorities that you have placed over us. And help us to honor our fellow human beings. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.